here so we don't need to hear about how it's hump day. We're still here though, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 130 uh, weeks in and I, or episodes in, I still don't know what hump day means. I assumed it was something, like, rude, and then I realized it probably wasn't. <laughs> Surely we've taken care of this weeks ago when we first started saying that. Surely we show you the video. Let's know. Tell her what hump day is in, in the broad sense. Hump day is just the middle of the week. If you view the week as having a like a like the plot a of a story, mm-hmm. like the plot of a story, rising action, falling action, mm-hmm. the middle uh, has a little hump. It's a hill. It goes or up. Or the back of a camel has a hump. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's the the, the connection that was drawn in the commercial. You'd have to be like, <laughs> is it the Brits who have on their calendars Sunday at the end of the week instead I of? I don't think. Yeah, hold on a second. Sunday is the final day of the week. It is. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Sunday begins a new okay, week. Okay, I was going <laughs> to... But, 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 but then if you view it... Okay, so you're you're on the eastern side of things, so you see it that way too. I guess it would look more like a camel. And then, because the hump would be... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be the hump. Thursday, Friday. And then <laughs> the weekend would be the head. You know, the ears and the head. So you'd have to be British to see it that way. So now we have to go Monday's head days. Yeah, no. Day. Doesn't have the same same effect. <laughs> it's good to be back, guys. You know, I was at uh, Chicago Comic Con, and there was some uh, Game of Thrones represented there, so that was really cool. Not, Tell us all about it. I wouldn't say officially represent because there were none of the, none of the actors were there, but um, just in general, that was where the fans you mm. you could see that there was definitely uh, a significant increase in merch and uh, even some uh, fans dressed up. For it. And there was a big bar crawl in the city that you had to miss, but I assume that still did happen. Yes, that happened, and I wish I could report on that because that happened during the Comic-Con, um, but obviously down in the city instead of out by the airport. So that happened. I should get – we should get somebody on the show who was there if they remember it. I thought you said <laughs> – Oh, no. From what I hear, it was – Oh, yes. that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, from what I hear, it was amazing. Well, today we decided to continue our look inside of A Clash of Kings. It's a book series. Well, it's not necessarily a series. It's a piece of a larger book series that we talk about a lot on the show. Um, quite a lot, actually. Yeah, no, when I got back from Comic-Con, I found a note under my pillow. It was really weird. From Sasha. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. There's a note just under my pillow. I don't know how it got here. And I, it said, you miss Monday's recording, better show up on Wednesday. Love everybody yeah. else. That was pretty sneaky how you guys did that, but uh, I'm sufficiently creeped out because obviously I'm here right now, so you got me. Well, that's what happened in the beginning of this chapter. Sansa finds a note underneath her pillow, and it says, Come to the woods at come, sunset. Come to the God's Wood if you want to go home. Ah, that's what it was. You got it. And it, well, I wonderfully, you know, I should remember because it was repeated in this chapter about like 20 times. 27 thought, times, actually. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, you would know. But I actually thought that was really well done. I really enjoyed it because it's like a, a different narrative style that we've seen so far. It was. And I, I love the, the mechanic within this book that he can just do that because I've seen books that are from multiple multiple perspectives. But the gumption he takes in making it their own chapters and just like last chapter, we had a mini detective novel. With what Tyrion was taking care and, of. Yeah, I mean, I, the way that he made the words, um, you know, kind of just, they could be anything. Uh, it could be, she, she Sansa was trying to read into it, and really, though, you could take those words any way you, you wish. And it, it seems like they were making a statement, but she was trying to discern the the author of, of it, and she just couldn't, you know, because you yeah. can read it any way. It's like, come to the godswood if you want to go home. 
come to the Godswood if you want to go home. I think that's come pretty much only one read, read of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's one read, but her real her, her her real mystery was who wrote it because, I mean, she was going over several scenarios in her head. And let's just say it was a gallant, beautiful night. It, Sir Loris, for example. Let's just say that she would never have guessed the, the notes. Um, right. Well, either. she thought it would, could have been Sir Ellen Payne waiting for her with ice. A nice sharpened sword. I mean, it could have been a trick. What better way to test someone's loyalty? Like Joffrey's sitting there one day and he's like, let's put a note under Sansa's pillow and see how she reacts to it. I mean, that's a very Tyrion thing to do. Why not? Yeah. It's it's very dangerous. Yeah. And she was right to be concerned um, about and it. And she was brave too. And that's one of the things that's happening with Sansa, I think, in this book especially, is that she's ah, she's going through, through like such a huge, interesting thing right now where she's learning very 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 slowly to play the the game of thrones and and this is probably you could argue where it where it probably begins or maybe it was already when she looked up at her father's head last last i think at this point she's just tired of being a victim i think is is maybe the the, the seeds and she's learning to i mean yeah you're right she that's that's her turning point that's her breaking point is but she still isn't quite there yet at playing the game like you were saying because even in the end with the hound he says oh, absolutely that not. dogs can smell lies mm-hmm. like she can't she still can't hide her it's true slow. and also feelings yeah, very yeah. slow gradual increase into her being you know kind of stronger yeah. somebody who can play someone who can hide and her emotions as we see in the show i mean absolutely the way that she's reacts to Sir Dantas and how she's just like devastated when she finds out that it's not some handsome knight. I mean, that says everything, you know. But it's, Dantos, it's Dantos uh, has some warm feelings for her. Oh, yeah, he does. He wants to be her Florian. She, Fortescue. She totally saved his ass. <laughs> Florian Fortescue. They're going to go get some ice cream. They're going to go get some ice cream in, in Diagon Alley. Yep, yep. Uh, yes. Let's not forget, though, guys, this chapter was begun it had began with a letter that said let's do something mm-hmm. and she acted on it i mean immediately we're talking about bravery and her siblings constantly as their chapters happen but in this example she sees a challenge mm-hmm. and she just decides to go within this chapter she immediately makes the pivot and sneaks out of the castle yeah I mean, she is, she took a, a big risk here. You know, she's strategically slipping by, trying to get past the guards to get the Zelda, and she makes her way to the tree, and that's where she meets Sir Dantos, and he wasn't even sure she was going to come. I mean, I don't well, think she we were either. Sure she was going to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she does find her courage, but it, it's found while in bed, delaying and delaying and delaying and delaying. And then she's like, finally, she hears, I guess, a commotion, and the doors are unsecured, and she's like, I got to go. Yeah. You know, no, no better time than now, no better place than here. She really wants to go home. I mean, obviously, but it's again, you were saying with the desperation. That disappointment of of arriving and not only it being Sir Dantos, but that he still smells of wine after all of that. (laughs) Yes. He makes a a pledge to her. He swears an oath on his honor as a knight. And inside of her head, she's just going, well, I saw you get derailed from being a knight into a fool. Mm -hmm. And then he just so wittingly comes back and references Mm -hmm. a story and speaks of Sir Florian and how he was a fool and how he turned out to be the greatest knight ever. And so she saw, oh, I'm swept away in this kind of. (laughs) I didn't believe how she got swept away so easily. But I mean, it goes back to what you guys were saying at this point. Her desperation is just to the max. She wants to leave. She'll believe anything, really. She'll tie herself to anything to get out he made a really really good uh point that i noted which i thought was really interesting when he said when i was a knight um i acted more like a fool and now that i'm a fool is when i'm beginning to feel like a knight yeah and i thought that was interesting 
I mean, knowing what we know about Sudar... Well, I guess you guys don't, because he was cut from the show. But knowing what I know about Sardantas, <laughs> he certainly um, has suffered a lot from, from what happened to him. But I think he's a, he's a really fascinating character. And he probably does a lot for Sansa's development, too, I would think. Because she has to adjust to the fact that he's not her knight in shining. Like, you know, like like her stories are not happening like in the storybook. Yeah, I mean, that quote blew me away. It just shows that people... Um, people get to in a world where people are born into their yeah in, in a, a world, world where born. people are born into their <laughs> roles into their basically their classes bowls. um it's re- it's rewarding to see I mean I guess a knight is an appointed position but um it's it's good to see somebody you know who's able to transcend that yeah. he's taking adversity essentially and he he's hitting it face on and he's understanding you know what exactly put him into this position and he's trying to be something that makes sense to play de- mm-hmm. to play devil's advocate i mean are we 100 percent sure at this point that sardantas is working for sardantas or could there be someone else at play um mr mr alcohol <laughs> It's probably Mr. a play. Alcohol. <laughs> I couldn't think of that. In a, Mr. PG. Mr. Jack Daniels. I think he's working for Mr. Jack Daniels. Could you sit down over here, Mr. Jack Daniels? Thank you, sir. It's time um, for our business meeting. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> ultimate Game of Thrones. Um, when, well, they always do tend to get drunk. And then people die. <laughs> it's true. I don't think that he's smart enough to be trusted by Joffrey or, or Cersei for that matter. And Yeah, but you know, is he like, smart enough to be acting all of this on his own? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I want to know how he got into her room. Yeah, yeah that's, you know? true, that's true. That's, that's just. I'm just so time. impressed. Like while watching him, like he's swaying, he smells this that he's homely. He's got nothing going for him except his his valor here. Um, he somehow put that note under her pillow, and her handmaiden didn't, didn't even notice. So it was probably a note that only Sansa could see. Hmm, that's um, a good question. How do you get if, a if he's magic the one that note? put the note? I don't think he really had the prowess to pull it off. But then again, it could be part of his, I'm working hard to be a better person now. And maybe he snuck in. Absolutely. I mean, playing devil's advocate on myself, maybe (sighs) he, this whole drunk thing is all an act. You know, you never know with these people. Well, he did say he only had one cup of wine. So that explains the smell. Mm. But we did see, I mean, we see this time and time again, characters like Joffrey um, completely disregard these, these fools and these drunkards and, and all this other stuff. For the most part, they're justified in doing so, but mm. you know they're, they're not giving these guys the opportunity to reach their full potential. And Dantos Hollard here um, is disgraced, and he has these wishes of redemption. And you know, it's little, it's guys like him that uh, allow opportunities for escape for our heroines. <laughs> yes, in general. <laughs> um, in general, <laughs> and also specifically in this chapter. You know, the fool, the fools are are very very interesting characters in uh, Game of Thrones saga, though. I think this is the first that we made in the series. But uh, yeah, they all have really, really interesting parts to play, I think. It's funny. You said fools. I just thought of like um, an old video game I used to play called uh, Commander Keen and the Oracles. God, <laughs> like- even if there aren't any references to make, we will find ways to make them. Yeah, that's the, true. The Oracles are like these bumbling men. And uh, <laughs> you can find them and they're like, da, 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 da. I don't even know. It's been too long. You guys should all that. play the Discworld game. It's fantastic. <laughs> No, but uh, dragon. Anyway, carry on. Well, so Sansa um, is in the gods when she hears uh, the plan, and then uh, the, the unfortunate thing is that they're not leaving right away. Um, in fact, Dantos Holler does not know when they are leaving. 
Um, <laughs> Story <but> of the <laughs> saga. <laughs> he comes up uh, with a with the plan, which I think is is pretty fair. Um, you know, because Sansa just doesn't go to church often enough, and uh, right, she really good. needs to up her religion. She needs to go to the Godswood a little bit more often than she used to, um, and wait for his sign, his signal, which I assume is just a giant wine bottle in the sky. <laughs> Yes, that's the comet, really. <laughs> and then she flies back to her room like the little bird she is. And who should cut into her path? The hound. Ooh, tell us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Sandor Clegane. I almost called him Sir Cl- Sandor Clegane. I don't want to make that don't mistake. Don't dare. Nah, mm. Not in his present, especially. No. And he he stinks of, of, of being drinking, of having Mr. Alcohol in his presence. <laughs> and But the, the thing about he, Mr. Cocaine is that he admits it, and he's very open yeah. about his alcohol yeah, consumption. And this is the thing, this is what people do in King's Landing at night, you know? It's it's kind of, she's, Sansa's out past her normal bed hours. She would not normally be uh, among the city at this time. But people are drunk, it's just what people do. They pass the their cares away. Yeah, plus there was that that distraction at the gate, so the the drunken fools that they had to deal with. Yeah, and Joffrey had the gall to yell bad things at them, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> because the Hound made a comment about how brave that was, and in a way, you know, it's it's more stupidity than bravery. But Sansa sees it as an opportunity to say in her mind, like, "I wonder if you'll be that brave when my bro shows up with this big wolf." <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is brilliant. It's again yeah. one of those little nuggets of of fierceness we get here from her. Yeah, no, she's definitely got the beginnings of a really witty person. And he doesn't buy her story. He doesn't buy that she's been out just doing, praying at the godswood. He doesn't necessarily believe that. But at the same time, he's like, what you've been doing, you've been doing, now you're here with me, I'm going to make sure you get back to the castle. I such, It's such interesting imagery with him and, and her, I think, with the bird and the hound, kind of like a Disney movie. Don't don't tell the fans I said that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think it shows how much he likes her that he doesn't necessarily really care or comment on the fact that she's out and doesn't have much to explain for herself. He's not that suspicious, you know. He's mm-hmm. just giving her the benefit of the doubt because, I mean, the beginning of this chapter spoke a lot about the bruises that she has and, and just in general her frame of mind being in this place and going through the same things that she's going through. And you know, she's afraid. Maybe Joffrey has another surprise that has something like, you know, she can. She thought, oh, it could be Joffrey at the Godswood waiting. He was a dick enough to take me to see my father's head on a spike, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a rough situation, and he understands that, and he's drunk, and he's commenting on his drunkenness. And I think he's almost a little bit embarrassed to be that way around her. I think so. I think that there's definitely, I mean, obviously, it's an obvious point to make, but he has some kind of really intense feelings that he's developing for her. And they are all based on, on him. He's mocking her. He's in some ways trying to keep her safe, yeah. in his own strange, messed up way. And it's it's very fascinating to watch. I think it's true. He's kind of basically teaching her, yeah. guiding her yeah. by saying, "I can, you know, dogs can smell a lie, and mm-hmm. I can tell that you're lying." He doesn't, you know, cause trouble for her at all. But also, he's telling her that she's not being, or she she's being too transparent, or not. Transparent enough. She, she, you know, basically she needs to lie better, and this is something that inspires her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one is a better lie than you. So she, it, it will inspire her to be better. And 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 sure enough, I mean, she says as much that she needs to hide her feelings better. I thought it was interesting that we finally got a little bit of backstory on why they call him the Hound because 
I, I, you know, being this far into the second book, it's still not clear. Like he's the king's dog. I mean, that has its own imagery. You can kind of understand how dogs True. are obedient and they do their own thing. But the story is a little bit deeper than that. And I copied a piece out of the book like I don't often do, but I thought it was interesting to read. And it says, I like dogs better than knights. My father's father was a kennel master at the rock. I, I like that. that They call Casterly the Rock the rock. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. My father's father was a kennel master at the rock. rock. One autumn year, Lord Titus came between a lioness and her prey. The lioness (laughs) (laughs) didn't give a shit that she was Lannister's own sigil. Bitch tore into my lord's horse and would have done for my lord too, but my grandfather came up with the hounds. Three of his dogs died running her off. My grandfather lost a leg, so Lannister paid him for it with the lands and a tower house and took his own son to squire. The three dogs on our banner are the three that died in the yellow autumn grass. See, I really like this because they care about animals. (laughs) I know. A hound will die for you but never lie to you, and he'll look you straight in the face. He cupped her under the jaw, raising her chin, his fingers pinching her painfully. And that's more than little birds can do, isn't it? I never got my song. I think I copied too much more at the end, but you get an idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is fairly recent because he's talking about his grandfather. I wonder what their banner was before then. Snails. It's probably a a camel or snails. But no, it's cool. I'd like to know more about how that sort of thing gets started. I mean, after that event, they decided to to make that their their sigil. Well, and it it explains their position with the Lannisters now. That's true. Him and his brother. Yeah, so a lot of good backstory there, um, sandwiched in some of his drunken stupor. And the way that we leave the chapter is a famous part from the show where Baelish tells her that she doesn't lie better than everyone else. Well, he like, didn't say it. If he had said it, we could have given Baelish the own uh, for this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't give Baelish the own because he didn't even write that letter and he probably had nothing to do with its placement. So it's that time of the show when we do owns of this chapter what if he did put the letter there okay my mind is askew now theories are fun all right my 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 own is a a little random aside that i was like coaches um because sansa is always going to be sansa and we love her for everything that she is including this little nugget of a, a train of thought that she had which is she's talking about how she's missing everybody you know she's missing jane who by the way we're noting in this chapter that jane Poole has disappeared again and she's missing her septa. And then the line goes, once in a while, Sansa even missed her sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Aish>. <sighs> that actually has a lot to do with my own own. Ooh. Ooh. What's your own own? It's close. My my own own is, it's a very simple line that I wrote in my notes. It's, she thinks Arya is safe, but to widen it out some, and that same train of thought, I think not much after, she is thinking about her siblings at Winterfell, and she's, Noting how Arya is probably having a good time with all of them, mm. just enjoying home. We haven't been sure what she thinks about what is going on with Arya, but now we're sure. And I think that has a lot to do with why she's not constantly thinking and, and being worried about her safety. Yeah. So I don't think it's an insult on Sansa's part that she's not totally freaked out because she thinks they're in Winterfell. Sure. Yeah. And that leaves my own. Um, but this was already said before. It was the quote uh, from Ser Dantos regarding you used to be a knight. And now that he's a fool, he feels more like a knight than ever. Uh, just for all that, that budding, that life calling, that never to late than never. Let's just right. say that. Yeah, Sir Dantos. We do have a Twitter own, or an own from Twitter. It's actually two in one. This is from Pluisa, our friend. Pluisa. Our friend Pamela. 
Uh, she says alcohol owned Dantos and Clegane, that Mr. Alcohol, uh-huh. made Dantos brave and made the dog <laughs> beg for a song. So there we go. And uh, <laughs> this is, I guess, the opposite of an own. Tara Alston says, if only my birthday were on a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday this year, so I could have a new game of owns to listen to. Way to go, parents. Thanks, Tara's parents. Because we all know that your parents decide they what do. day to have you. Mr. Pup on Twitter, uh, he's not Mr., but we're being formal today. Mr. Pup on Twitter added a design on my bike helmet this summer, and given how traffic is here, it is very fitting. Open the photo, and it is Valor Margolis written on his bike helmet. If he meets a girl with the uh, the other saying on her bike helmet, then you know it's a match. Valor Harris, there you go. <laughs> there you go, that's great. Um, Alana says, uh, this is again with owns for this chapter, my own goes to the hound. Quote, they're all liars here and everyone better than you. Ooh. Ooh. Awesome quote. Another tweet here from a Mr. Atomics IGN. He says, my own goes to me for starting a <laughs> Clash of Kings when you did and finishing a Dance of Dragons today. <laughs> my own goes to me. That's the best. My Sorry. own goes to that dude for giving himself his own. Well done, though. That's a hell of a lot of reading. Yeah, well done. That's a, that is a lot of reading. And that concludes the owns for this episode. Of course, <laughs> every week, every episode, we get your owns off of the Twitter and off of our mailboxes of various sorts, including the wall. Don't forget about the wall. It's the Facebook wall. The wall. Facebook wall. You can locate it at facebook.com slash game of owns. We do take owns there. Um, we just don't always get them. So, uh, another way that we do it is obviously on Twitter. That's actually the easiest, uh, because it's as simple as tweeting us at Game of Owns. Hello, my own is this. Me, you, Sansa. And our Facebook page is a place where Micah, uh, and you, Eric, also like to post some funny photographs. So that, that, all that Game of Thrones related stuff is there too. And we can't forget about the, um, commenters, the excellent commenters that help fuel much of our community discussion over on winnerscoming.net, who presents our fascinating little Game of Thrones podcast here, um, that we make with each other on Skype. It's true. It's true. It is known. It is owned. And we didn't, um, as of yet, announce our email address just uh, for those looking for it it is contact at gameofowns.com you can email us as well uh, comments about the show don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes it is a new month or it was 13 days ago Micah uh, August is from? upon us <laughs> it is oh, August hey guys <laughs> Head on over, yes, rate and review us on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Yes, we're holding <laughs> holding Micah ransom, so you better deliver. If you ever want to yeah. hear Micah again. If you want to hear Michael's voice, you have to say Michael three times into the mirror and think Micah the entire time. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Selena Logan. And I'm Eric Skull. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, goodbye. Right, goodbye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never want to say goodbye.
Father Rock said, I got, I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. He's that little or, of a lot. I'm still, I'm still Cersei from the rock. Some, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> nice work. Thank you. <laughs>